We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak. And joining me to talk a little bit, a little bit about a uh, Packers Patriots preseason game, is my lovely co-host Jordan Dresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Tot Nation? Let's go, Tot. What in <laughs> Tot Nation? <laughs> it, what in Tot Nation was my reaction after that first, uh, that first drive from the Packers Saturday night? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Josh Myers with the little oopski. Oopski daisies. I don't, know, I, I don't know why I'm talking like a weirdo. Morning, I'm radio doing well. Host. How are you? Doing, yeah. doing well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Packers losing to the New England Patriots 21 17 after three quarters and some change after the game was suspended due to a uh, an injury on the New England Patriots side. I believe his name was uh, Isaiah Bolden, was the yes. gentleman player yes yeah. um yeah. everything okay had full filling in his extremities and was released from the hospital this morning and flew home with the team so scary hit on just a happenstance play of in coverage on defense in the third quarter or early the parts of the fourth quarter and few both teams that had some injuries up to this point in the game and both teams decided to call quits and, and rather think about uh 
Isaiah Bolton and his health rather than continue to continue to play considering it was preseason. So all that being said, a lot to talk about regarding the Packers in this preseason game. Like we mentioned, the, the first drive was a little testy, but after that, uh, it turned out pretty well. So first things first, I think we ought to start with the uh, the star of the show, Mr. Jordan Love himself. Five of eight, 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, didn't get to show a whole lot on that first drive. He uh, didn't have, I think he maybe had like one pass, if that, um, on that drive before Josh Myers sent the, the snap into orbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but settled in and like I ended up going like I had said uh, five for eight with a touchdown. The touchdown, an absolute thing of beauty to Jaden Reed over the middle. I saw people uh, comparing it to, I think it was Greg Jennings' slant touchdown over the middle in the Super Bowl <laughs> from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> It was something like that or a different play against the Steelers. but We can aspire to things, right. you know, I, right? I think it was uh, Cheesehead TV that had tweeted out that that comparison in the videos that, oh. like next to each other. But all in all, great catch by Jaden Reed, um, stretching out his arms, getting in the end zone, and doing a little dancey dance. So, Jordan, what did you think of uh, your fellow Jordan, Jordan Love? Well, my fellow Jordan, um, really that drive – the touchdown obviously capped it off, but that drive was just a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw everything. We saw the arm, the big bomb to uh, Romeo Dobbs, his little toe-tapping catch. Uh, Still don't know how from... he came down with that. See, I... I So they challenge it yep. um, You know, during the game, and I was like, yeah, he's got the ball. I, I'm just looking at if, whether he's in or out, and I thought he was in pretty much the entire way i could see why it was a judgment call mm-hmm. but yeah I, I for some reason i was like yeah he's got it i don't know what the problem is here right um 42 yards on that bomb um he showed off a little how to how he's gonna make plays with his feet scrambling uh, the next a lot of scrambling. scrambling i haven't seen that in about five six seven years it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. With, and with, then, uh, with such speed, I should say. <laughs> yes, of course. The elusiveness was very great. Um, and we got to see a little bit of like spunky Jordan Love, too. Mm-hmm. That resulted, resulted in a unnecessary roughness penalty from... I forget who the player was. Roberts. But... I forget his first name. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and then uh, a couple plays later... Just the perfectly poised throw uh, to Jordan Reed for the touchdown. Talked about it after the game and just noticed, like, his explanation totally lines up with what you were seeing, or you could see him seeing it and, like, see it. Mm -hmm. I'm explaining this very terribly. But the reason why he kind of holds the ball for an extra beat is that you see the linebacker just underneath. And if you rush that throw, it is. 100% 100% like a a pick if he catches it and corrals it then you know he's off to the races but just holding on to that that ball and then kind of just throwing the perfectly timed throw like that that was a thing of beauty and then Jaden Reed finished at home but yeah I just thought like obviously the first drive ending the way it did and then next drive with the punt you know we're going to take the lumps it, it's inevitable with this team with how young it is with how inexperienced that Jordan Love is right now. 
and just trying to get everything in synchronicity. But <laughs> seeing all that or saying all that and seeing all that and then to put together a, a like a drive like that, like it was just exactly, I guess, you know, what we want to see out of mm-hmm. the Packers and everything like that. An ad just went off on my uh, headphones. And that's why I just like froze. <laughs> Stop me. I thought you were talking. Anyway, nope. uh, that is that was my thoughts on Jordan Love, uh, especially that drive. Loved seeing, seeing Zach Tom get into the mix to come to Jordan Love's defense. Meek Mannered, Zach Tom coming up and ended up getting a uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on that touchdown because I think he was still John with the Patriots sideline without any of the players and they hit him with hit him with the penalty. So like to see him standing up for the team and becoming sort of that that jawing guy because I think David Bakhtiari talked about it too in practice earlier in training camp where everyone thinks Zach Tom is just so kind of calm and quiet but that he's got some sass to him. And I think that really showed out on coming to Jordan Love's protection on that late hit, which was like so weird because Jordan Love was running straight forward, but like looking back at the defender, making Mm -hmm. sure he like wasn't about to get tackled, but also enough for the first down. And so Jordan Love was looking at the guy when he slid. Like, I don't know how he still tackled him and wanted to go down for the late hit, but (laughs) I'm not mad at it. No. Um, The... I think it was on the Jaden Reed touchdown catch. AJ Dillon absolutely pancaked the corner that was blitzing. It was incredible. Like play action. And the second the play action was done, AJ Dillon just stuffed this guy. um, That was blitzing through like the, the B gap or something. I think in between the tackle and the guard and my word, was it violent? Gave him uh, Jordan love enough time to get that throw off and get a touchdown. But sheesh like that's that's using his strength in a different way that we haven't seen a whole lot of before i can't tell you the last time i've seen a, a huge block like that from aj dillon quadzilla you get between those quads and <laughs> yeah it, it literally looked like uh i forget his first name at uh mills i don't want to say davis mills Jalen or Jaden mills yeah no yeah Jalen mills um came through and it looked like he just ran to a brick wall. <laughs> like he went down yeah. so hard, dude, which is really cool to see, but alas, pretty great drive from uh, the offense that way. And then in addition to all that, Luke Musgrave is involved, dude. He had, uh, I think two catches, nothing super like exciting, two catches, 13 yards, just a fine two catches and a few series, but he, they were mixing him and, Mixing him in everywhere. He was targeted three times, was blocking a whole bunch, and was just in all of these plays all the time. Like I, I think they're going to be mixing in him in a whole lot more than we think this year. Yeah, I think he is. There was some talk about during the practice week um, when they were doing the joint practice with Patriots that he was had like a, a read option or a red zone. Yeah. Yeah. Run they or they like had a, a red zone end around for him. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much of these things will actually be of value or be put to use during the season, but it's clear that, you know, Musgrave is going to be, he's, I mean, obviously too, the tight end depth has been eroded somewhat. But with his athletic gifts and everything like that, like the way that they're going to try to weaponize him is very tantalizing, yeah. to say the least. 
And then it's a matter of, again, you know, we know what he needs to get to improve on to stay on the field to get those reps because it's all about trusting the fact that he, you know, can be a, a suitable blocker for Love. Definitely in the run game, pass game, if, you know, he, he's not running route or anything like that, too. But yeah, just the stuff that is coming out week after week, day after day of how Luke Musgrave is kind of, you know, getting his feet wet is, uh, very, very tantalizing. Yeah, I think he's going to be for sure one of the top three receivers on this team this year. Like, I just think they're mixing it in. Well, like, com- like yardage and completion wise, like, yeah, yeah, just production wise, I think he's going to be in that realm. They're mixing him in so much in this initial two preseason games and in practice that it really seems like they're he's going to be a staple of this offense one way or the other this year. Um, yeah, I think for sure blocking wise too. Like he's just going to be in for what my money's worth, probably the starting tight end come week one. Because yeah, from what hundred percent, like Deguara isn't showing anything that's really left. Like there's nothing really to be desired about how his game is. Yeah, and even then he was he's largely playing in the backfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean he has more sets of value that way than. Mm-hmm. He had, know, kind of being the extra or a tight end. He had two targets, Josiah Deguire did, and one catch for no yards. He had one catch, um, I think it was in like the second or th- it was the second third, quarter. Third and one. Yeah, third and one, and caught it and just couldn't get to the line of scrimmage or to the the first down marker, my apologies, um, to get that first down. They ended up having to go for it on fourth down. I ended up getting it, but just needed to make that play. And then the first drive. It was, albeit a rushed throw from Jordan Love, but it hit Josiah Deguara right in the hands, like, mm-hmm. and it, he just dropped it. It wouldn't have been much for anyways. That'd been like a two-yard gain, but it's a drop. It's just a drop as as it is. So, I think they're gonna roll with Musgrave and Deguara in that order this season, and like let Tucker Craft kind of develop because he wasn't really doing a whole much besides blocking. Um, in in these sets, in like in the second and third quarter, so obviously. Being a uh, third round pick, second second round pick, Luke Musgrave, second, right? Yeah, second round versus a third or fourth round pick. I don't know why my memories escape me at the moment, but for Tucker Craft, it's just a, that much difference in skill level, pretty much. Like Luke Musgrave, very raved about coming out of college, drawing a lot of um, comparisons to some elite tight ends in the in the league right now. Who really knows how that'll shake out? I saw comparisons from Dale and Levitt to Travis Kelsey. That's a high aspiration. <laughs> but the way they're using him and just how how big he is and how he's pulling in some some throws, I could see why a teammate might want to say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about how Luke Musgrave was getting involved pretty early and pretty often. I'm not going to attribute any sort of worth to this now, but it's definitely worth mentioning um, that Christian Watson is like the opposite of Luke Musgrave right now. Just, I think, one target in five drives for Christian Watson over these two games, and it was the bomb on down the right-hand side against the Bengals in the first drive, I believe. And that's the only target he's had. So it's worth noting that I think a lot of the offseason, Jordan Love was working with like Gromer Dobbs and uh, Aaron Jones out in California, and it wasn't so much Christian Watson. I think they did once or twice, but it was a lot of Romeo Dobbs. 
and you see Roman Dobbs getting a lot of looks more in these these drives and Christian Watson is is that coverage an issue maybe is that maybe Christian Watson not getting open I don't know but I think the one target is something to keep it have us keep an eye on just making sure that hey um maybe we don't know how this offense is going to click coming in the season I want to correct myself to three targets in Cincinnati instead of one I thought he must have had a couple more catches that just had missed 17 uh, snaps against the Patriots too for Watson same as Romeo Dobbs um I do think it's something to pay attention to because I think we talk about like the next like dynamic set of pass catchers for the Packers and obviously that includes tight ends running backs especially with Aaron Jones's skill set and all that stuff it'll be very interesting to see like how it works out with Christian Watson just because he is such an athletic you know wonderkin mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. he can just basically like just his value of sprinting down the sideline gives a threat and opens up the passing game for the Packers. But does that necessarily translate into, you know, him getting five catches a game or whatever the case may be? I I wonder, you know, kind of the same questions that we had last year going into or going to last year with Christian Watson and obviously different quarterback, different circumstances and all that stuff. But I do think it's, it'll kind of take time and he kind of feels more like whatever breakout that people are hoping to see from him. It might not necessarily happen right away. It might happen over the course of the season. Yeah. Just like it did last and, year. Like you said. Yeah. And again, part of that was injury and all that stuff too, but like he's such a very specialized athlete that like, it's very easy to pigeonhole pigeonhole him as like a deep threat rather than, a guy like Romeo Dobbs who can work for extra yardage game or gains and stuff like that possession style type of receiver. Right. And it's a matter of just kind of balancing both that, you know, you kind of can lean on both of them for not just one, one thing or the other. It kind of just meshing them all together. Yeah. I think Christian Watson's also, also the type of player that sort of gets better as the game goes on. Once that you see how the defense is playing your passing game and how they're setting up versus the run, you can start mixing in different types of looks for Christian Watson, different types of routes for him to run versus just streaking down the field or kind of get going out on, on posts to the middle of the field. But yeah, I think it'll all be, it'll all be okay for sure. It's just trying to make sure that, he is properly incorporated into the offense because he is such a weapon when he can get open. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is definitely worth noting is that if we're going to be incorporating a lot of the middle of the field and a lot of Romeo Dobbs and a lot of Luke Musgrave, I think that might be where uh, Matt LaFleur and his staff find a lot of value from Christian Watson is taking that safety away over the top. Because like if Jordan Love can work on his, his deep ball game, he had a, a good one to Romeo Dobbs, but he missed the one to Christian Watson last week. And if he can sort of refine that and start consistently throwing that long ball, even if it's just chucking it and getting it to Christian Watson, like throwing overthrowing Christian Watson is fine. Um, so long as you can hit it a little bit consistently with them, because eventually they're just not going to bring that safety over to cover over the top. If the balls don't go too far anyways, but yeah, 
taking that threat and taking that chance down the field with him and knowing he can run under a ball if need be is always a good thing to have on your team, which is why um, if he's doing that and the Packers are throwing him down the field, that really opens up the middle for some big uh, yardage gains that aren't Christian Watson. And, you know, it's not our preferred way of utilizing him, but they will probably utilize his feet on the ground and stuff like that. He did have a rushing touchdown last year. Again, speed is speed, and they'll try to manufacture ways to kind of get him the ball in any way that they can. Right. But it's it's more of like the intermediate routes, the kind of stuff, especially as you mentioned, the middle of the field is going to be utilized a lot in the passing game now. And that's a good way for Watson to help others, but it's also a good way for, for him to help himself, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Moving on. Your boy, Andres Carlson. Tamer of the leg. Two for two on extra points. And one 52-yard field goal to end the first half. 52-yard field goal on the money um, would have been good from probably 55, 56. Like it was a, it was, it was a halfway one. up the uprights when it went through. So, what was your, what were your feelings on Mr. Carlson? We got a kicker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Brian Gutekunst also, I think, if any comments throughout the week. Um, he he said, "We're not gonna have any. We're not bringing in anybody else for the kicker." And uh, Anders Carlson is gonna be not that there was any doubts, but they're riding. It, he's their ride or die. You know what I mean? You ride with him, you might die with him. Hopefully more we're the, riding with you. Hopefully more of the former rather than the latter. Exactly. He's a seventeen game player. So I yeah. Um, I think. It was mentioned this week that the Packers, I forget which coach, was probably uh, had talked about how half the reason they drafted Andres Carlson was his mental aspect of kicking. He has a really good mental game when it comes to kicking and is able to sort of brush those misses off. And that that's a huge thing to have as a kicker. So if yep. he's if he's got that already and he just needs to work on the mechanics and start just getting reps into kicking balls for the uprights, it could turn out to be a pretty decent pick. I'm not going to say a good pick because I don't think a good kicker pick exists, but you know what I'm saying. 
I mean, it, you never know. Maybe they drafted the next uh, franchise scoring leader. Maybe they did, and like maybe they did. I th- I think that's definitely a high. They ball. did last time when they drafted a kicker. Two thousand and seven. That's the last time they did it, and it worked out that way. But, uh, I guess that it's such a long term thing to draft a kicker, yeah. and like you just hope you don't have to do it once every ten years or so. And so, or even less. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, you just hope you just don't have to do that often. And yeah. here's to hoping that Anders Carlson is that one in ten. Yeah. Um, talk about Jaguara. Nothing too much else uh, as like a general theme. Do you want to talk about our players of the game? Sort of people that uh that really impressed us. We did the same thing last week for you people listening. Um, different six this week, so. Jordan, who's who's your first one? Arguably, probably, am I taking the floor? You're taking the floor on arguably the the best uh, player this week. Kingsley Enigbari, good God! <laughs> yeah, that was uh, all the same drive too. Two sacks, three tackles, one tackle for loss, um, fumble. Right? Yeah, he had, right. He had a yeah, sh- sack fumble. Yeah, he had a strip sack and recovered it. Um. Yeah, beast, beast material. If we're they're filming a next uh, X Men movie, I would submit him for casting as Beast, whatever that character was. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, off the rails already. Um, there was a lot of uh talk of him having a good practice against Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it showed because he <laughs> one sack, he literally just like. Stiffed arm a person into, I believe, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. That was that drive. Yep. And then a couple plays later, just <laughs> wrecked another offensive live that just had no chance of stopping Eric Barry. Um, yeah, without a doubt, easily the most impressive Packer, I would say, of the night, just because it was a one two punch of just literally <laughs> to get to the quarterback. Um, and yeah. Definitely rewarded with um, uh, playing with the ones and showed it out uh, immaculately um, Saturday night. Yeah, he absolutely destroyed the uh, the right tackle on that sack. I think a stiff arm is the best way to put it, as you said. Just put his arm into the shoulder pad of the right tackle. Such great form. So ridiculous. To get him off balance and just start shoving. Gets him off balance, goes through, gets the sack. Just so strong and i think john coon talked about it on the uh on the recap that the that enigbari always utilized like an undercut move in his uh play last year but now in his second year he's added a lot of strength and now a bull rush that can really work well in tandem with that undercut so here's the hope that lasso out get that lasso I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. But I'll, I'll rush, I guess. I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, to really just let him go. I, 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 it wasn't a, any guess that he wouldn't, but he's making the team. And I think oh, yeah. this sets off a great succession plan post Preston Smith, which we don't really want to think about because Preston Smith was, Preston Smith was very good last year in his ev- elevated role when Rashawn Gary went down. But... I think with Rashawn Gary and Enigbari off the edges next year, possibly, I think that'll be sitting quite pretty, quite, quite pretty for the team. 
And I, I, I know I totally agree with you. Again, it's a future play and everything like that. But for this team, too, mm-hmm. part of the biggest criticism, I would say, not just last year, but the last couple of years, you know, we saw great success with Preston Smith, Darius Smith coming right away in free agency. But they were the Packers didn't really have depth beyond that with edge rushers. Right. And it tra- like I know they drafted Rashawn Gary and it, you know, his breakout got you know, obviously injury with the injury happened. Right. But he was it's that he was the next in line when they moved out from Zadarius Smith and all that stuff. But essentially the same thing happened when they are playing so many snaps and they suffered in the few snaps that Gary was on the field, the press Smith was on the field, or if he was dropped back in coverage for some, <laughs> um, all that stuff. And the fact that we know Rashawn Gary is coming back soon and he's resumed practice activities little by little, he'll, he'll get close to his debut and playing probably close to the regular season, obviously, but between Gary Preston Smith, uh, Enigbari, Luke, uh, Lucas Van Ness, I thought, um, showed some very interesting play. It didn't necessarily translate into tackles or, you know, production or anything like that. But I thought, hey, he's going after it, whether it's run or passes. I just think like the depth that they have at edge rusher this year, Justin Hollins, too, keeps making plays in preseason as well. Like they just didn't have, they haven't had that in a while. And I think for this team this year, it's going to be so beneficial to have that where we know all the things with Joe Barry's defense and blitzes and all that stuff. The Packers, what was the stat that we talked about with PFF? Like they're the most, they have the highest blitz rate, but it was also because. Oh yeah. They, they have the highest blitz rate, but it's because they always rush four in their three, four yeah. defense. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a fake. It's like a, it's, it's, honest, it's a fake. It's honestly fake stats. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> But for how they play, getting pressure as much as they do with their, you know, whether whatever combination of their top edge rushers, mm-hmm. if they can do that and kind of, you know, take care of it on the back end, which, you know, we'll see. But I am very, I feel very comfortable with where we're at on the line. And there's more players that we'll get to at, with this game specifically, but like, I just think the edge rushing that they have right now is just so, so good with the depth that they have. Yeah, they're in a good place that way. Now it's time to like shore up the middle of the, of the line and make sure they can play up to, up to par so they can stop getting blitzed on some runs. Uh, runs were relatively fine tonight. I'd, uh, tonight, rather, Saturday night. Ended up having, uh, if I can check the box score quickly, 96 yards on 20 carries, so about five yards a carry through three and some change quarters but um i think it's definitely worth noting i want to go back to general themes before i move on to my player like you said lucas van Ness played well didn't really translate into any sort of eye-popping tackles or sacks but he was sort of flying around sort of similar to how i talked about it last year that Devonte wyatt was always in the play lucas van Ness is always in the play somewhere like he's yep. either get forcing a guy outside or like chasing down a pursuit tackle a couple of times. He's just always around, which is a really good trait to have. Now it's just refining those skills similar to how Devontae White is doing now to become a effective edge rusher 
to get home and get a sack or stop a run in the backfield to where he could do that consistently to become a real difference maker. Um, the other theme I want to talk about that I had forgotten about was uh, Carrington Valentine coming back down from, uh, yes. I guess, space after how excited we were last year, last week about it. Um, didn't play terribly. He had the one touchdown um, let up, but I'm not attributing that to him. I'm attributing that to the coverage because I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I swear to God, Jordan, if we're giving receivers 10 to 15 yards cushion on their breaks, we're going to, I'm going to have a bad time. I'm going to have a bad time. Like I immediately on the replay of the uh, Kashan booty touchdown, re- rewound it, looked back. And I'm like, where is the defender? Oh, he's not on the screen at the snap. Like mm-hmm. that's just that, that's, that's a coverage issue. That is a Joel Berry issue. And if you're giving guys free breaks on their, on their routes, to especially like a rookie like Keishon Booty, where he's going to be trying hard, he's going to be putting in like every effort into his cuts. Of course, you're going to get beat if a guy runs up a post route and he's got no no hands on him. He's going to get off clean. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. So then Carrington Valentine goes to break on the ball and is late because he's ten yards away and a last forty two yard touchdown. So, um. Carrington Valentine didn't play terribly. He just needs to learn how to play without contact because yes. a lot of what he did throughout the middle or throughout the game was just be very handsy. John Kuhn and uh, Kevin Harlan talked about it a lot last week too, that really handsy player plays on that, on the, on the line of what is DPI and what is fine for a, a, a DB to um, interact with a wide receiver during, during their routes and I think last week was the 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 high margin where it really works out for Carrington Valentine. And this week was the low margin. I think he had a few penalties called on him for sure. And they weren't they weren't ticky tack. They were most certainly penalties. Yeah, on he's him. mauling them two yeah, two pass interference calls too. Right. And so I think it's a great trait to have. You 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 want a cornerback that is physical and is able to get hands on receivers and really disrupt their routes. He just needs Eric to, Stokes. Yep, Eric Stokes. And I think it's just very important to be able to refine that. Not that he can't, but being a seventh round pick, right? He's yep. in a great spot now to where he has good coverage while being physical. His development hinges on can he can. Uh, keep that same level of coverage without being as physical to where he's interfering with the receiver. Yeah. 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 I thought, and also uh, 58 snaps going to take that as probably the most of any player. Probably. Packers. Probably. Um, I believe that includes, no, that doesn't include, he had nine snaps on special teams as that, well. That might be the whole game. Yeah. So yeah, he was out there for a while. Uh, actually, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably the whole game, honestly. Because there's about 60, 70 snaps in a game, and <laughs> having only yeah. played three quarters. <laughs> yeah, he's out there. Um, yeah, I, I thought, too, I, again, I, I don't want to repeat the same points that you made, but I just thought it was very kind of not predictable, but it was expected to see, you know, uh, come being back down to earth and stuff like that. I thought, too, Pages kind of sought him out too, because it wasn't just you know he was on different receivers over the course of the night and he was switching sides of the field, but they kind of were testing him, mm-hmm. which as any good team does, you kind of do it like you if you think that you can kind of suss him out or 
you know, exploit something in a defensive back, you're going to go after it. And Bill Belichick, of course, does that more than anyone <laughs> in terms of just like exploiting mismatches or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with that kind of just being featured as much as, as he was, I thought it was kind of expected to see, you know, a little bit of a slip up kind of game from him. And it's not a indictment of what he's going to be with the Packers going forward this, this season, but it also just shows, Hey, this guy's a seventh round rookie. You're like, yeah. And it applies to a lot of these players, save for like the key veterans, but it's, there's going to be a lot of ups and there's going to be a lot of downs and you hope for more ups than downs. Oh, absolutely. I think it's just all part of his development. Like he's yep. six months away from, or six months, not even we're in month nine. He's five months out of being drafted. Like this is going to be a project, but I think it's going to be a worthwhile project if it works out. Like I think yeah. the potential that he has to become a pretty solid cornerback in this league is high. So long as he can maintain the coverage he has, without being physical if he ends up having to needing to be physical because he's worried about getting beat then it becomes an issue but at this point in his career i think he's set up okay but it's a camp and two preseason games (laughs) yeah exactly um you had mentioned 58 snaps yeah 11 more than second place which is keandre thomas so um yeah definitely worth like (laughs) he's he played a whole lot of snaps so um, my first player I'm gonna talk about is the same one as last week as one of my players is uh, Emmanuel Wilson. I am I'm bought in. I I think he should just be the third back. It's it's pretty plain. It's pretty simple. Um, during his first touch was like halfway through the second quarter. Once the starters came out, um, Emmanuel Wilson had his first four touches. He had 37 yards. Um, a catch in the flat for 10 yards. A great run. Well, um, for nine yards, 14 yards on another huge hole run. And then I think like two yards to get like a fourth down conversion. Just what a, what a running back they seem to have lucked into. Uh, I think Kevin Harlan mentioned he was uh, played for Denver, not play, but was on the Denver team this spring. Then they cut him and yeah. the Packers picked him up. So like appreciate it. The Bron- Broncos. Thanks, Sean Payton. Yep. Much appreciated. Um, He'll wear his bucket hats here. <laughs> um, Emmanuel Wilson, 15 carries, 63 yards, no touchdowns, but um, also two catches for 15 yards. Man, oh man, he it, he makes it look simple catching the, and running with the ball. Like he he looks like he could be the, the next back in Green Bay. I think with mm. it, I, dude. I, I'm Dude. drinking the the Kool Aid and I'm buying in because Wilson <laughs> with how like Aaron Jones's contract situation is next year. If he comes back, I hope he does because he's Aaron Jones. We love him. With AJ Dillon in the contract year, it's it's tenuous as to who the Packers running backs are going to be next year. And if it's one, two, or both, who's to say? But if it's one or if it's none or one or both Mm -hmm. then that slots in a a pretty good spot for a cheap young rookie like Emmanuel Wilson to come in and thrive next year and I just think he has a lot of talent and he gets going so fast off his first step dude like his there's like I I tried to like understand it in the Bengals game because that 
the run that he rattled off in that game was just very it it was it was simple. It was in, it's simple, but it, it that it's like impressive, but it's simple. And there's like this he's explosive, but he runs in a very fluid way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he's really he's got thick legs. It's not AJ Dillon Quadzilla thick or anything like that. But the guy just once he gets moving, he doesn't stop. No. And even plays where like the, there's not you know, the Packers were not playing with the ones that when he's playing on the field. And he's not having as big of holes to go into when he's, you know, running out the tackle or whatever the case may be. But I thought he just kind of made plays happen when there weren't many to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just think, again, just to see this over and over again, I, I know it's two preseason games and we can question the quality of defenders that he's playing against, but it's working. And you don't look at gift horse in the mouth. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing with this, this running back three debate that I, you know, is obviously a big theme of this camp. Yep. And I got it, it's 27 snaps for Manny Wilson, mm-hmm. 14 for Patrick Taylor, who I will say did have a good game, had a touchdown, very impressive run that he just kind of made happen and, I, you know, scooted by. I, I'm going to push back on the impressive game for four carries, 12 yards, and his longest was the touchdown of eight yards. So he had three carries of two, one, or one. Right. Like, it's, I just need to see more with that. Like, I, like, maybe it's just because he had four snaps. Maybe, maybe it is just that. But I, I just, I'm not really intrigued by three carries of one, of, of a total of four yards. And yeah, it wasn't it like it was, on a fourth down where they needed a, a yard or anything like that. No. But only one catch for five yards. And like you said, he played half the snaps as Emmanuel Wilson did. I'd imagine a lot I of will, it is because they want to see Emmanuel Wilson more. They want to see Patrick Taylor now just so they know what they have, but I'm just not, it's not there. Can I say one stat that may inform where this is? Go ahead. Has been leading two special team snaps for Emmanuel Wilson. 11 for Patrick Taylor. I really don't. I know. I think keeping four running backs is a critical mistake. Like it's a, it's a really big mistake. If they do that, I really don't think they should be keeping a guy just for his special team talent. Like you're, you, they, they see something in Emmanuel Wilson. He wouldn't be getting, he wouldn't be getting running back three snaps over Patrick Taylor. If they didn't like they, because they're trying to figure out who the best guys are. And yeah. for a quarter and a half, Emmanuel Wilson really showed that he's got the goods over Patrick Taylor with with the twos on that offense. If Patrick Taylor's role is strictly a special teams role, I just don't think I want him on the team. Like I I think that there's other spots that need to be filled on this team. And if you you just can't roster guys solely for his special team ability. You just can't. And I mean Missing from this conversation is just because of injury is Lou Nichols, the guy and, that they drafted. And Goodson. And Goodson, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I was thought I was missing someone. Yeah, he was hurt too. Like the the decision is kind of getting easier, but it's also kind of getting harder because it's like who they're comfortable with. And obviously they're comfortable with Patrick Taylor as a 
you know, utility player, whatever you want to call him, special teams player. Right. But Manuel Wilson is making it very difficult, and it's hard to ignore what he does. And does it translate if he's a full-time back, whether that ever have ends up happening? I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no on that, but, mm-hmm. like, it's this is about talent evaluation, ultimately. Right. And you're, again, it's to keep making a decision based on special teams where they are very much improved. Like, I don't think it's, I don't know. I wouldn't think it's that big of a deal. I I also think it's easier to teach a guy how to play special teams than it is to teach a guy to be a better back. Like, yes. Like special teams, it is what it is. It's difficult. It's not a developed position. Like it's still, it still needs, you still need talented players there, but the concepts that you're running are much simpler than they are for any sort of offense. And I'm just, I'd rather have Emmanuel Wilson there should Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon go down than Patrick Taylor. Like I just, I just do. And, and, and watching, and it's not like we're playing against scrubs anymore, Jordan, like these, Emmanuel Wilson had run against the second string players and some first string guys. Like, sure. It's not the ones that you'll see all season, but, you don't run against NFL players for 63 yards on 15 carries or bust off an 80 yard run last uh, week. If you're a bad player, like you have talent, not every Joe Schmo second or third string running back goes on 80 yard touchdown runs. It doesn't happen. So do you want to talk about your second player? Why receiver position? Let's do it. The man leak. The man who I, the man who I heard in the Discord has the hottest piss on the team. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Keith Kiskinen. I believe that's how his name is pronounced. Otherwise, I butchered it completely. Uh, Malik Heath, leading receiver for the night. Perfect five targets. I wait. <laughs> five targets. A perfect five completions uh, or receptions. Seventy-five yards. Um, he's making the roster. He has to. Simple. It's simple. the The end of the wide receiver room. Uh, Dante was. Oh my god, Dante. I am Wicks, getting, Grant I'm getting so. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to combine them. Done. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Wicks and Debose both left with injuries. I believe Debose is going to come back, but then the end of the game happened, and yep. we all know what happened. Um, but Debose, I will say too, Debose did show some stuff and had some good catches. But Malik Heath, man, like he's got it. I don't know what it is, but he's got something. He got something I want. And he's got something <laughs> I want, and I want him on that fifty-three. Okay, Goody. Um, yeah, I, I, I think all the momentum from his summer OTAs, now training camp, preseason. It's all coalescing, and again, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. The guy, you think about it from this perspective is if you drop, if you cut bait with him at when it comes down, uh, when it comes to cut downs, another team is going to pick him you, up, and you're going to be like, yeah. He, you will lose him. Yeah, you, you will. will lose him. I know, who was it a couple years ago? Was it Travis Fulgham? Do you remember who this was? I know he, was? yeah. I remember, I think we picked him up, though, didn't we? We had him. 
he got he got cut. Eagles picked him up because they just lost every oh, receiver. Right. This yep. is maybe Jalen Hurts' rookie year. Okay. Or even who Carson Wentz before that. Okay. And you know, it, he it's not like he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame right. He wasn't like an all pro, but, he, but served, he was a player. Yeah, he was a player. He served a purpose for an Eagles team that needed help and all that stuff. And right. You know, my receivers, you roster a lot of them because a lot of them will and can get hurt. Not going to win that Packers. Yeah. Packers don't have that problem. But when a guy like Malik Heath is making plays and doing the very things that the Packers wanted him to do and just he easily gets separation, he his hands are really great. I don't know why he was undrafted, especially when he did have a solid college career, too, but more so after um, transferring to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whether things started to click for him in this, after getting, or after transferring all that stuff and kind of hitting the ground running, landing Green Bay, God, just makes plays. And it's a nice dynamic to have beyond Watson, Dobbs, Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed, sorry, um, and Luke Musgrave and all that stuff. So very intrigued. By Malik Keith, and the production just stands for itself too. I think there's a pretty obvious first team in the waiver wire order that would pick up Malik Keith in an instant. It's the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. Like the Bears have uh, DJ Moore. Obviously, he's their one. Then it's Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Malik Keith can outplay those two already NFL players, but. He can play dog, and I think yeah. he can be, be an impact player soon, probably next year, like next year or pretty darn soon because he's showing a lot of talent. Sean, mm-hmm. Sean Clifford threw a couple of passes. He got um, Malik Heath and Grant DeBose both absolutely walloped on throws to the left sideline. <laughs> How either one of them came down with the ball is beyond me, but they both went up and just grabbed the ball and made a great catch. And Malik Keith was doing that all night long. So seven receivers might just be how the roster shakes out because of the pure talent that they have between obviously Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed as top three, and then Toure, um, Malik Keith, Grant Bose, and who am I missing? Wicks. Wicks. Like they just might have seven receivers and, Maybe of those five, six, seven receivers, that's who you run out on special teams if you're not keeping Patrick Taylor. Like that might just be the better way to do it. Get these guys. I mean, that might be Toure. Might be Toure too. He he didn't get um he had one target, no catches in the game on Saturday night, but he was turning punts and kicks. He was back there. Like that that was, was let me, what, let me that's what the, his the role was against the Patriots uh this weekend. Uh seven special teams snaps. So yeah, Probably almost all of them were punts and kicks. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find them um, as well, but for some reason, I can't find it. Either way, um, yeah, Samara Toure, four kick returns, three punt returns. So, of his seven special team snaps, that's all he was doing was returning kicks. So, I don't think he had, he had actually taken any out. He might have taken a punt back, but I forget. Either way, that just might be your special teams gunners. Just these these receivers that have talent, go out and get them. 
like we'll see so um my turn to talk about another player let's see if i listen to keith is uh brenton cox that man is playing himself into a roster spot like just the the strength and athleticism he was showing against the the d line or the offensive line he was going against my word there were so many times where i just saw him shed blockers like it was nothing and get to the quarterback i think he had <laughs> um i think he had one sack if i'm not mistaken i'm trying to scroll down through the very long he did have he had one qb hit and then one uh one tackle itself but i think he's doing everything he can to showcase why he deserves to be on the team. And if he makes it, I think, again, the depth that the Packers would have at edge rusher would be simply insane. Simply insane. Rashawn Gary, um, Justin Hollins, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Brent Cox Jr., Kingsley Aguare, like, they they would just have so much talent there. We haven't even seen Aaron Mosby. <laughs> Like he has NFL experience, and we haven't even seen much of him. Yeah. Um, throw in some Quay Walker to blitzing. Like it just be a lot of talent, dude. A lot of talent, and I always forget to look and see how many like players they kept at certain spots. Like at how many players they kept at spots over the years, and I couldn't tell how many linebackers they're gonna keep, but. If they're keeping linebackers, it's going to be tough to argue against Brenton Cox Jr. Because, again, every team has their own set of practice squad players that they have they like and they like throughout camp. But I hate to invoke his name again, and I might think I'm obsessed. Dear, <laughs> dear Mister, I don't call right my fans, me over here. If you put Brenton Cox Jr. like you did Michael Abernathy, you might lose him. You just might lose him because yeah. edge rushers are a premier position in the NFL right now. And they could never have enough good ones. And if they lose them, it'd be a missed opportunity. But at the same time, there are roster limits for a reason. You and I talked about this pre-pod just briefly that I really wish they'd expand rosters or have um, a developmental league like the NBA has. Like, I just really wish that they had more chances to keep players that they think can really play and maybe this is just like this type of year and it's like the uh, there's so many developmental pieces it's the exception to the rule for us and i guess this Mm -hmm. might just be our first experience this in a long time but they have so many young players right now that seemingly can play between emmanuel wilson brighton cox jr you can throw patrick taylor and tyler goods in there if you want to like i'm fine throwing them in there as these guys that could be a year away and like josiah deguara if, if they want to go Musgrave and Kraft, just that way too. Like there's there's just so many players that they have right now that are showing good promise that cutting them would have really hurt just because maybe they turn into something or you need them in an injury. Like I think that'd be like my main thing is that if I really wish they just expand rosters because roster turnover for a snake bitten team injury wise can get so tough and really ruin a season. And so that's my little tangent. I just wish they'd they'd uh they'd expand the rosters because Brenton Cox Jr. in my opinion is working his way onto the roster, but I don't know if he makes it. Just because there's so many other spots they need players and fifty three fills up pretty fast. 
very fast, especially if we're talking about seven wide receivers. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Seven wide seven receivers and three backs, if they keep Emmanuel Wilson, then that's, that's already 10. That's yeah. two positions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's where we'll see how next week affects us or anything like that, because you'll see more of the guys fighting for a roster spot. Yeah. But... I think Not I need him to get deal. home next week. Just like get a sack. Yeah, you want something of substance. Yeah, get a sack. Like I don't care if it's against the B team. Just get home. Yeah. I think that'll help his case a lot. What did you think of this game? Did you did you see him much moving around? I thought he did well. I, I thought I think even against Cincinnati, he he's very explosive. He shows he knows how to get to the quarterback. There's no mm-hmm. um question about what he his talent or or anything like that is i do wonder you know it, it i do think it is a matter of you have to ask the question is this guy worthy of being on the roster and if we don't think so and want him on but want him on the practice squad what does another team do right probably poach him you know kind of thing yeah so i yeah i i don't know I think maybe a little bit more substance next week might push him over the edge. Mm-hmm. Part of the pun. But, uh, again, it, it fills up pretty quick. It does. It does. And he was a guy that I already kind of kept tabs on because of going into camp. I, I think it was Rob Domoski. He predicted him as the undrafted free agent that kind of keeps the tradition alive of making the 53-man roster. Malik Heath probably carries that torch right now. Or Emmanuel Wilson. <laughs> Or Emmanuel Wilson. There's a lot of options here. It's, it's a lot tough. of options here. It's tough. Um, yeah, yeah. The, just the depth of that's the other thing. The depth of what they where already the Packers have. Stand. Yeah. What they already have. Yeah. I wonder that if they might. I think it's tough. I don't think they trade them because you can't really get a whole oh. lot for a trade on an undrafted free agent. But maybe. I guess I'm curious now. Pick pick one to not make the team. Wilson, Heath, or Cox? Wilson. So now we're going to fight, huh? I'm just saying, I think so that's now we're going to fight. Happen. That's what's going to happen. I'm not trying to fight. I think you're trying to fight. I think you're trying to offend me personally. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. love? The, on, on the sideline, because it's preseason. <laughs> he is going to play next week, for what it's worth. But regardless, regardless, I will be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Two years in a row, my camp darling gets cut. Yeah, but now you want Brendan Cox. I want Wilson more than Cox. That's why I had Wilson first before yeah. Cox in my, in my order. For what it's worth. Hmm. 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 All right, Jordan. Who's your third? Uh, I was gonna go with Carl Brooks. I am looking it over. It's gonna be a combo. Love combos. Pizza combos. Woo! The a la carte line high school. Woo! It's going to be Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. That's where I thought you were going because they both played very well. They both played very well. I was going to focus on Carl Brooks. Fantastic game. Uh, Tackle. Solo tackle. One tackle for loss. And a QB hit. Colby Wooden. Three tackles. One solo. And a QB hit. Both uh, Colby Wooden had 43 snaps on the night, 37 snaps for Carl Brooks. Um, they did work. 
they did work feasting on some ones of the offensive line for the Patriots, but a lot against the twos mm-hmm. and really showed part of my burp. Um, and I am very much like the edge conversation, not you two. Um, very, very intrigued by the interior defensive line depth beyond Kenny Clark, who didn't play Saturday night. Uh, Devonta Wyatt played a little bit, yeah. had a couple flashes there. Couple, but, a couple of holes plugged for in the run game. Yeah. Uh, flex seal. Um, I don't know what that <laughs> What an awful joke. <laughs> you you know the, the emote in Discord plug. Join the Discord. Discord yes. GSP.info. You can see me throw tomatoes at Jordan for his bad jokes like that one was. There you go. You can't nickname um, the man Flex Seal. Well, I will, I'll name Carl Brooks that or Colby Wooden. Whoever, who wants the Flex Seal award of the, the 20, 2023 season? We should have awards. The 2023 Just, Flex Seal award goes to the man who plugged to, the most holes. That'll get us Zach in trouble. Tom! That'll get us in trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I thought both of them just kind of <laughs> feasted on the competition and really liking what we have seen from them so far. And it'll be it's all about how that looks against the starters of opponents going forward now. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah, I think they absolutely both looked uh, looked pretty good in their in their time. They kept just like popping up and never made like huge plays. I think one of them had a sack. But other than that. Um, it was just like guys where I'd watch the replay, like, oh, like what's what's Carl Brooks doing there? What's Colby Wooden doing there? Oh, making impact plays to kind of blow up a play. And so it's good progress to have as rookies. So as the title card says, and as the title podcast says, young players making huge huge leaps. Like these guys are playing very well. Close close enough <laughs> for you audio listeners. Jordan was pointing to the uh the cryon below. So, yeah, I think they played quite well. If they can continue to develop, this is all the talk this preseason is development, development, development. They'll be pretty good. I think, like you said, the interior defensive line ability and skill level is a pretty big point this year. Hopefully in stopping the run game and not being as porous as it was last year. Um, so outside of, outside of, I'll just say Zach Tom, outside of Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt, hopefully there's some depth help there with those two guys. My last player is Rashid Walker played outstanding um, as a starter. This, this game against the Patriots just held his own against guys like uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Judon, but I can't remember his first name. I want to say, say Matthew, but I didn't know if that was right or not. Yeah. Matthew Judon. And that's a tall task. Like, He's no slouch, and Rashid Walker was standing him up and being a pretty awesome left tackle for Jordan Love the uh, the entire night. Jordan Love, uh, no sacks. I'm not sure if he got hit at all. I'm pretty sure he didn't. He might have had, like, one, uh, like, disruption, I guess. That's not even the right word. But I think hit is the right word because it wasn't a knockdown. It wasn't a sack, so, like, a hit. So, mm. regardless... Very, very good line. Discord talked about it again, the guys in there, um, that the Packers' offensive line is really, really good. Like, their best five when they're out there are really, really good. 
At least uh, I would say on the edges. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. they have options between obviously Bakhtiari and Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom and Nineman, and you can throw Ellen Jenkins in there if you want. But they they if they like Zach Tom's best position is tackle. Like he's doing a really great job at right tackle, but he can play center. So if you mm-hmm. put your five best linemen out there of Bach, AJ, Tom, pick somebody, Sean Ryan or John Runyon in the and at right guard, and then um Nyman over at right, right tackle. Or Rasheed Walker, pick one. Like just pick one. They have a lot of depth at on their line, and that's gonna be very, very important for Jordan Love this year. Like this might be a big year for Jordan Love to go buy them fifty-five inch flat screen TVs and everything for keeping them upright. <laughs> yeah, from that Bergstrom sponsorship. I I think if we're if we're gonna have one more theme for Jordan Love, yep, and talk about him. Really clean pockets. Really clean Both pockets. Games. Yep. That he, is huge. Yep. Huge. And if you can have clean pockets throughout the year, we won't need to talk about a dirty pocket or a crowded pocket, we'll say. I hate this. Just I, do your laundry. Just do your laundry. Do your you laundry. got a dirty pocket. But the point being <laughs> is that he hasn't had anything in his face like yeah. while throwing. He hasn't been disrupted. He hasn't had to scramble much. Like any any of his scrambles besides his run tonight have been bootlegs which are designed sort of runs and throws. And so I think it gets even better once you get into the regular season. Like you're going to have Bakhtiari there on your on your backside to really shore up any sort of worry that way. The only issue comes on is like on blitzes. And we'll see how Aaron Jones, Richie Dillon, whoever the third back is, pick up blitz protection on those passing plays. So I think that'll be a, an interesting thing to look at this year is that if the pocket can stay clean and Jordan Love can, can, can continue to deal with a clean pocket, we're going to be in for a good season. If the sort of pocket becomes crowded, starts collapsing a little bit, and it starts to get a little messy, that's my that might be where we see his inexperience in the the critical part of his game. Especially with how much play action is going to figure into mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's if there is a year where you want to start watching offensive line play. This is going to be it because it will. It, I'm not. I know it sounds like I'm joking, but yeah. I am very excited to watch this line throughout mm-hmm. the the season because I think it will go a long way in determining just if we're talking about a lot of Packer wins or Packer losses. Mm-hmm. I think Rashid Walker is a great succession plan too. Like I think long term, like I think Bakhtiari's deal ends this year, right? Like this is the last year of his deal. I'm almost certain it is. Or if Bamp. or if it's not, then mm-hmm. it's other situation kind of like how um aaron jones well, he's not getting traded no he's not getting traded goody came out this week and said he was what not the hell getting was traded. That? well aaron or aaron Rodgers put out a, a cryptic tweet about um trading for bakhtiari um uh bakhtiari's um contract does not end until at, after the 2024 yeah. season so he's got one more yeah this year and next year essentially yes so and the cap hit would be Next year would be over forty billion. Yeah, so never mind. He's likely on the team next year, <laughs> if unless he gets traded. <laughs> unless unless he gets traded, which they're not yeah. doing right now, from what Goody said. The point being is that whether it's Nyman who's gone next year, or if they trade Bakhtiari, Tom slotting in at either tackle spot somewhere, and I think Rashid Walker's contract would go through. Um, I think next year, twenty twenty six. I lied. 
So he's got one more year after Bakhtiari to where he can really prove himself. And he might be proving himself right now mm-hmm. to be the guy opposite of, of Zach Tom when that time comes. Yeah. So, anything else, Jordan? No. I I think we kind of summed up a, a good preseason game. A lot of standouts. It's good to talk about a lot of standout players mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. That, that is very – kind of shows you that there's good progress going into camp or at this stage in camp and going into the season. And this point, you know, I know we got next week and stuff like that, but it's all jonesing. Jonesing for the real thing. Yeah. Much like Jordan Love. Yeah, he said that too this week. He's, he's ready for week one, as I think we all are. So – Packers play Saturday night, I believe. Or I'm sorry, Saturday at noon against yeah, I was gonna say it's the, noon. the Seahawks. And from there, uh, that Tuesday is cut day, the 29th. So mm. they'll have Sunday, Monday to figure out their 53-man roster or until, like, pick a time on uh, on Tuesday. I think it's 5 o'clock or something. Yeah, that's right. I think it's so, 5 o'clock Eastern, probably. Probably. So... That'll be that. And then at the end of the day, they'll have their set 53. Might move around a little bit, as I think it did. Not last year, but two years ago. Um, where they had 53, cut 52, and then picked up a guy they cut. Or a different guy that, that was cut somewhere. Um, So, it'll be interesting. Interesting, for sure. For now, in the meantime, you can check out all of our recent episodes on Spotify. You can check out uh, our episode with Malcolm Hart, who is the uh, Pride podcast host for the, for the Detroit Lions as we did our NFC North roundup with him. You can check out all the Eurostep information and podcast at gspn.info. There you'll find links to the uh, Eurostep uh, pod feed, which is with Ty and Rohan. Talked about Giannis not playing in the FIBA Cup um, and in general laughing at the Sixers because they are in shambles. Uh, you can also check out uh, cruising for a bruising there. I would like to make an announcement. Ooh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I will never play for Daryl Morey. He's a liar and a snake. I will never play. <laughs> I'm glad we got that short up. Thank you. you I know there's you, been a lot of speculation. Do, do you want to repeat it? Yeah, I would like to repeat it. <laughs> I will never play for Daryl Morey. He's a liar and a snake. And I hate him. <laughs> If you haven't known, Daryl Morey and James Harden are not getting along. They are, they are fighting. Any yeah. who's will be. Yeah. Um, you can check out Cruising for a Bruising. Uh, go f- check out the Dodgers uh, episode. where are talking about the Brewers getting swept by the Dodgers because the lovely, calls, uh, the lovely hosts of Andrew Snyder and Adam McGee put a lot of effort into waking up for that pod and recording it. So go listen to that one. And then you can be <laughs> really, really sad because they got swept. But then... Monday morning, August 21st, you can listen to the newest episode of Cruising for a Bruising, which includes the uh, which includes the Brewers getting revenge, I guess, on their karma or just their, their vibes. I believe I saw the Brewers team account say, um, oh, God, I, I saw it today. I started laughing. I love the Brewers. I do. Uh, but they said something about statement sweep, statement series. Yeah. I think they scored like three runs 
or four runs, and I think they had one man on base in the Dodgers series. Yeah. It was not good. But then Statement they, series, all right. But then they traveled to Arlington. <laughs> they, they traveled to Arlington and sweep the first place Texas Rangers in Arlington. So much better vibes that way. And it wasn't really close in any of the games. 9-1 at one point in the Friday game. Came back to be 9-8 and they won. But on, on a nice catch by Sal Freelich. Then two not-so-close games Saturday and Sunday. So go check out Cruising for a Bruising as the Brewers continue their playoff push. Um, it's a good one. Good good pod to go check out. Would recommend. And then obviously, go check out my time for this. Still talking about um, the Premier League as it returned last week. So anything Eurostep Podcast Network, you can check out at gspn.info. You can check us out at Packers GSPN on Twitter. Go rate five stars on Spotify or any of your podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at New Mac is Known. You can follow at Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Chesky. Follow all the stuff. Engage with all the accounts. We'd appreciate it. And as always, thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.